Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today is our, I guess you could say, part two influencer influenced uh, series. Uh, we're doing <laughs> David Lynch's influences today, which is Rear Window. Yeah. Influencing him as opposed to influenced by him as exactly. Bridget Jones's was for Jane Austen. <laughs> right. A little bit of a flip. Yeah, and I can definitely see the influences on David Lynch. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. It was like literally all over this movie from like yeah. the set design to like the music. Everything was like, yeah. I could see it. Well, it took me, uh, you know, uh, to watch it and then look at the Wikipedia page before I had the realization that Jeffrey Beaumont from Blue Velvet is a guy who loves to stare at people and like look in on people and oh, this guy's right. Jeffrey as well or Jeffrey's DB Jeffrey's so, or something. Right. That's so <laughs> and, crazy. Uh, so I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those things where like, I don't know, because I also didn't know, I didn't notice that until you told me and we watched Blue Velvet, I think together multiple times. So it's like... <laughs> It's like some of those little things that you miss and you're like, how did I miss that reference? It was like pretty much yelling at us. Yeah. Well, plus we're kind of like, we're not doing a lot of research for these particular episodes. These are kind of That's our true. taking it easy episodes. Right. So uh, I think we can be forgiven for missing some stuff, but I'm glad that I did catch that because, you know, there are definitely certain like characters and stuff that we know that David Lynch took from different um, right. older stuff, but yeah, plus I don't think I've ever seen this movie, although I'm sure that I have seen scenes from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's my first time. This is, and this is going to be very controversial, but this is my first uh, Hitchcock movie. <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah, I've only ever seen scenes from Psycho, but other than that, like this is my first full sit down mm. and watch through of a Hitchcock movie. I've definitely watched several Hitchcock movies, but uh, probably not all of them, but I I do like a lot of them. Well, I think most yeah. of the ones I've seen, I've liked. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he, is, he is considered a, a genius. So I would say he's probably pretty good. Yeah, he's the um, an auteur in the vein of David Lynch, except for probably more well-known. <laughs> <laughs> Less, I would say, avant-garde, maybe. <laughs> and more... Yeah, but he, he uh, I mean, David Lynch has that, like, horror vibe that Alfred Hitchcock has. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely think you could compare the two directors, for sure. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I think it's probably also arguable that Alfred Hitchcock had a very large influence over the industry as a whole. So it's like almost kind of hard to find anyone who does something similar to his stuff who hasn't been influenced by him. Very true. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, I got this, I found a list of like mm -hmm. films or filmmakers, I think films specifically that influenced David Lynch. And, you know, I didn't check the veracity of that list. I didn't talk to David Lynch himself to know <laughs> if these are actually true. So we're just going to go with it and... I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah, say uh, watching it, we could I mean, see. I don't it, think so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Who knows? We'll let David Lynch tell us if we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I also like side note. This is my first Grace Kelly movie, and I was so excited to see this because I have this like I don't know. Like I never watched like classic movies besides like The Wizard of Oz when I was right. younger, and 
I always like now that I'm an adult looking back, I have like this fascination kind of with like these like, you know, golden age of Hollywood actresses and like the glamour of it and like the way everything was like perfect. And I mean, oh, yeah. she was and, definitely glamorous. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, she was Princess of Monaco. So <laughs> it's hard not to be. Oh, I know. Well, in this movie, even, I mean, I took notes to, like my Bridget Jones's diary notes are very much mm-hmm. a tone poem. But like <laughs> when she came on, I was like, Hold the phone. Stop the presses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to reevaluate what I've been thinking this whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think we can kind of get into more of her, like, specifics of her character. But I see reflections of the character she played in Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks especially, maybe like a Donna almost or like an Audrey. Oh, for sure. That kind yeah. of like, oh, she's beautiful and she presents a certain way. <laughs> Even Laura, like yeah. that facade of like, I present a certain way, but I'm willing to get dirty. Yeah, definitely like an Audrey because she wants to get her hands dirty and break out of a role that investigate. she's been Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I can't wait to get into it. Mm-hmm. I guess this can just roll into our first impressions. Yeah. I would say my first impression was, is this based on a play? Because it's so static. I asked the same anywhere. thing. I asked Josh the same thing. I it's think not, it's, though. It's based on a book. <laughs> yes. But the dialogue to me, I felt because it felt very like almost like everyone had their own monologues <laughs> and they were just yeah. all reading them. And <laughs> he was just saying that because he's watched more classic movies than I have. And I guess it's just like the style of the script writing back then was very like for most it's true. But it had such a play feel like the way it was mm-hmm. set up, the not moving, like all the, the characters staging. on stage at all the time. I was like, mm-hmm. this is definitely based on the play, but it wasn't. But I did find <laughs> it a, a little bit slow. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, I don't mind slow. And I've liked other Alfred Hitchcock stuff. But I don't know. There was something about it that I feel like this is going to sound bad because I, it's not that I didn't like it. But I just was mm-hmm. like, the whole time I was like, is he crazy or is it real? And I thought that it was going to turn out that he was crazy the whole time. And uh-huh. then it turned out to be real. And I was like, okay, well, that seems boring. Then. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the obvious answer is the right answer. <laughs> so, yeah, I had, I had a similar journey, I would say, watching it because, you know, I mean, we have all the clues there that basically they're kind of showing us. Right. But, and I was like, couldn't decide at the end I was like is this just because it was like the 50s and like people were like a husband could never kill his wife like that or was it like this it was a Hitchcock kind of playing on this idea that a horror as like a a murder as gruesome as this where he kills his wife and dismembers her that like people will be saying oh that can't happen but then they'll be like oh my god this is normal like this is possible I don't know exactly because it's like he believed it. He convinced all of like he convinced his therapist. He convinced his girlfriend without any problem. And I felt like, I mean, being this Jimmy Stewart and all this, like we're supposed to be convinced. So Mm -hmm. I was wondering why (laughs) go through all the other trouble of not just figuring it out. And then like, I don't know. It was just weird because like I thought, well, I think, that it has to not be but I think you're supposed to as an audience member be like is it is it not is it is it not but like I I yeah I I almost something more elaborate like almost like a twist (laughs) in a way (laughs) yeah well I think also now that I'm like kind of reviewing it it's almost equally as terrifying that as an audience like 
you don't have any concrete proof like Jeffrey's did. He, he right. didn't have any concrete proof, but you both are like kind of under the impression, like we've seen stuff that really can't be explained otherwise. But, you know, the interactions with the, his police friend, I was like, that seems pretty realistic. <laughs> like from what <laughs> I've heard from like other kind of like, you know, old yeah. school murder stories, they seemed kind of like, you know, resistant to being like, yeah. that's impossible. I think the fact that you see the woman leave while he's asleep and it's like, well, there's probably some really crazy but really good explanation for this because there's a lot of assumptions. I was like, why are you assuming that? I don't remember it setting this up. Like, mm-hmm. But maybe I'm getting too far into the weeds before we even start. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I would very interested to read maybe like interviews with, Hitch- with Hitchcock and maybe even read the book that it's based on just to kind of get an idea of maybe where he was coming from because the way I'm interpreting it is like it's almost equally as terrifying to be like convinced of something and you're trying to convince the person like people who are supposed to be responsible for like rectifying it and it's like how do you get to that point where it's like you put a murderer away yeah without any proof and maybe it's just more like because of the time period it's like you're having to rely on women to do all the work yeah (laughs) (laughs) there was yeah there was um definitely a lot of uh very sexist stuff being said and influences and inferences being made uh but clearly the women are right at the end so they did everything correct yeah so anyway i'll just say my first impression was i was going into it expecting to enjoy it a lot more than i did which Mm -hmm. is the opposite of what happened with bridget jones's diary where i was going into it not really expecting to enjoy it as much as i did i mean i enjoyed both of them ultimately but like it just Mm -hmm. was kind of like oh i feel a little bit let down by this movie because (laughs) i just was expecting it to have more or something but i did see a lot of influences on david lynch for sure yeah yeah and i would say like overall my first impression I kind of got sucked into I think I kind of fell for Hitchcock's like uh, his purpose for making it I totally Uh fell into like the suspense of it I was yelling at the tv (laughs) it was a whole production of me watching it and I think it was like I'm the perfect Hitchcock audience because I'm willing to just turn my brain off and like completely give in to anything that sounds or could be ridiculous (laughs) This one would probably have been great for us to get together and do a commentary on because looking at my notes, oh, yeah. I was like, these notes are a commentary. <laughs> I only knew oh, yeah. where they stuck into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a future idea because I feel like these kinds of movies that are like so chock full of suspense, they're really great for commentaries because I can't oh, help yeah. but talk to them. I know because you're guessing the whole time as you're supposed mm-hmm. to assume as the audience. <laughs> yes. Well, did we have any um, factoids or notes to start us off? Yeah, um, I think in the last episode for Bridget Jones, we kind of worked the notes section kind of just into our general talk. Um, But since this is kind of like a classic movie, I feel like I can go through some of like the big cast members and, you know, maybe see if I could find some trivia. So this movie came out in 1954, directed by Alfred Alfred Hitchcock and... The short story it's based on was written by Cornell Woolrich, and the screenplay was done by John Michael Hayes. Okay. So our cast includes James Stewart as L.B. Jeffries, Grace Kelly as late Lisa Fremont, uh, Wendell Corey as Tom Doyle, <laughs> Thelma Ritter as Stella, who was my favorite. 
the first one of the the first note I wrote was there's a Georgine Darcy in this movie. Yes. <laughs> I was like, we really can't escape. Like, <laughs> I was like, all you need is one more letter, and you are a straight out of Jane Austen character. Exactly. <laughs> we could not. We can't escape either Austin or Lynch, no matter what we're doing. I wonder if her parents were um, Austin fans. Uh, Jane Austen fans. They're like, well, our name is Darcy, so we might as well. George- Georgie. Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Raymond Burr as Lars Thorwald, Judith Evelyn as Miss Lonely Hearts. Ooh, I made up a whole storyline for her, which I'm very excited to tell you about. <laughs> uh, I know. I was like, I kind of want a little spinoff. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Ross Bagdazer. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Ross Bagdazarian, I think, as song as the songwriter, who was the guy playing the piano. Uh-huh. Georgine Darcy as Miss Torso. <laughs> Which um, I don't know why that is color dancer. Yeah. It was like, why torso? It's not like you didn't see her face the entire time. <laughs> right. And it's not like she had like a very long torso. She seemed very average proportioned. Yeah, that was, that was a weird, weird. Maybe it was her. like a fifties thing or something. <laughs> we have Sarah Burner as the woman on the fire escape and Frank Caddy as the man on the fire escape. And I then Jesslyn Fax. <laughs> They were great. And then Jesslyn Fax as Miss Harrogate, who was also really great. She was the artist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was into her sculpture. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then Irene Winston as Emma Thorvald. Pretty okay. great. I like going through the pictures of the cast because it's all like old Hollywood glamour shots. And I'm like, <laughs> you all kind of look the same. And I have to go into your IMDb's to figure out which, one, <laughs> which movies you've been in. <laughs> yeah. One of the things in the studio system, I'm sure everyone has to have a certain look. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did think it was funny that there was a Georgine Darcy, but I think Grace Kelly was definitely the standout to me in the movie. I will say for my part of notes, what I read in Wikipedia mm-hmm. was that they built this entire set as like a back lot and they made it special so they could do day or nighttime lighting and mm-hmm. they um, did this whole drainage thing for the rain scenes. So like the whole thing could be drained and it's supposed to be Greenwich Village I guess I thought it was New York but then I was like I can't really tell because all I'm looking at is a courtyard so I just assume yeah <laughs> but I think was. there's a line reading where Grace yeah, Kelly's characters I, I tend to miss those kind of details sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well I missed it too because I ended up asking I was like because Josh lives in New York for a couple of years I was like do you recognize <laughs> where this is and um, she had said that some comment about how he looked up to her apartment on 69th, I believe. So ah. it's somewhere above 69th street. So yeah. Maybe, and that could be a lot of neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the actual it's, it's supposed to oh. be in Greenwich village, but there's an actual place that it's based on. And it said like the name of the street, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you just reminded me whatever that line was, Josh realized that it's a based on like a Chelsea neighborhood. Oh, okay. So basically, well, I didn't know. Do I mean, I'm not that familiar with New York. Do a lot of buildings have those kind of like little tiny backyards for different apartments Um, and stuff? I don't know anymore. I know I've seen it a lot in like Brooklyn neighborhoods, but it could be like, I guess you could say like back in the 50s, I could totally see because I, I know New York between like the 50s and like the 80s, I believe, had a lot of like 
demolition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it could have been that they used to be, and then they're like, oh, more people are moving here. Yeah. <laughs> and guess the other factoid that I learned was about just the fact that the composer was someone who worked with Hitchcock a lot, but this was their last movie. Or maybe they did one more. I think this was their last movie together, but he only wrote like the opening credits and closing credits. And I guess whatever mm-hmm. song the choreographer or not uh, composer, uh-huh. pianist, whatever plays. But other than that was all like very David Lynch diegetic type music, <laughs> <laughs> which you Definitely. were commenting on that you were noticing the parallels. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean the, the scene changes, especially like there was like this muffled train noise that just took me back to Eraserhead. Um, And I could definitely kind of see similar sounds in his shorts. Yeah. And it gave me, I think, I don't know if it was intended to be this, but it just gave me the chills every time. I don't know why. So I don't know if that's in person. Yeah. um, Yeah, you know what I mean? On purpose. Well, I can definitely see that David Lynch is influenced by Alfred Hitchcock, especially with like the, because like in this, when the murder happens and it just, is darkness and we just hear the scream if that feels like very david lynch where you're not actually seeing what's happening but like you're just hearing it off screen and mm-hmm. the un- not knowing what's going on is what's really building all the atmosphere and tension to it so i definitely see the influence <laughs> on him oh yeah yeah so should we just go ahead and or do you have more notes i'm trying to see there's a lot of <laughs> notes because it's such like a classic movie but just something that i was thought was really interesting and we can kind of wrap it up with the notes was that Hitchcock only was in Jeffrey's apartment during filming he like that's where he was kind of like stationed Uh and he didn't go into any of the other like apartments everyone had a like flesh colored earpiece and he would like radio directions for them from Jeffrey's apartment (laughs) which is kind of (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but um I thought that was really cool like he basically was just like it was just like, I don't know, it's such an interesting way to shoot that. And yeah. it was really cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going all over this. <laughs> He's like, we're setting up in one spot and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was reading like some sort of a review and I was wondering, I think this is not, I think this might be towards the middle, beginning middle of his career. Like, mm-hmm. because one of the reviews was like, his best film since the 39th steps. And so I was thinking like, maybe we hadn't had like psycho and the birds and, um, um maybe, I don't know. I'm not really that familiar with Alfred Hitchcock's, you know, oeuvre <laughs> and like the order it all goes in and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Psycho was in 1960 and Vertigo is in like 58. I'm trying to see the birds was in 63 too. Yeah. So this is very early in his career. also noticed um and if we just want to go ahead and start getting into it because one of the very first shots in the movie is this weird Mm -hmm. helicopter shot and i was noticing i was like what is up with this weird like early day special effects cgi i mean usually i feel like hitchcock movies pulls it off a lot better but it was so weird and like i didn't understand what the helicopter shot was about because that helicopter never comes back so i was like why are we even getting a picture of a 
I mean, why why are we filming this? Yeah, podcast? I don't understand. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if maybe like he just liked how the scene looked, it like as just like a visual piece, or if it was meant for something bigger, and he just cut it and kept that in. Um, but <laughs> it was very. Uh, um, you can definitely tell that they were doing some some sort of 50s special effects because it looked yeah. kind of like a toy helicopter. <laughs> it just seemed so, yeah, it didn't look good. And then it seemed pointless on top of it. And I was like, what? Because I was expecting, yeah. is this helicopter going to come back in the end? You know, is this like Chekhov's helicopter or something? <laughs> but unless I totally missed it, I did not get the helicopter coming back. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm, this might be like a really stupid <laughs> and ignorant thing to they maybe guess that, but maybe our helicopters were like a newer phenomenon at the time in well, the 50s. Um, yeah, that could be. This was also, oh, here's another factoid. <laughs> <You're> totally <laughs> gonna say. Like the proceeds for something from this movie mm-hmm. went towards some Korean fund because this was right after the Korean War, I assume. Oh, I interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, I just, I did notice a lot of weird special effects shots. So I was like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, we can, we um, can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, and I think also we we probably have like a spoiled eye with like even like that's you true. Know, and I eighties and nineties care, movies. but I feel like Alfred Hitchcock usually pulls off his special effects so much better. That's why I, I noticed it. You know, like yeah, really maybe we can really care. Yeah, maybe we can chalk it up to maybe it's like earlier in his career and he's kind of yeah. getting used to it. Um, I still don't understand why the helicopter was there though. <laughs> yeah, th- there was really a reason. I, I don't know if maybe it was like a fun, like maybe there was like a certain idea of helicopters at the time. Like maybe because it's like New York and it's bustling. Maybe it's like a spying, it's hovering or something. That's, yeah, that could be another thing too. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it could be like a, I don't know, an inference to something else. But So it's very atmospheric. We start in a heat wave and mm-hmm. the courtyard is set up so interestingly. And so like, that's all we see. We see from Jimmy Stewart's perspective. And right. I, I mean, yes, it is kind of creepy that he's, um, spying on everyone. I love that everyone points that out to him the whole time, but also like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I did I would wonder. do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, because at first I was like, oh, he just has a broken leg. Like, he needs a wheelchair for that. And I was like, maybe it's the 50s. And then you see like his entire pelvis is also in cast. Yeah. I was like, good Lord. I guess he must have been in a really bad accident. Like, what else are you going to do? I know. They really set it up. He's a photographer who lives too close to the edge and he's broken his leg. <laughs> <laughs> without having to really say anything just by like the pictures in the room and <laughs> i will um another like interesting thing that i read about that just reminded this part reminded me of was um apparently in the book that it's based on you don't find out that he has a broken leg until the very end when like the confrontation is a creeper i guess so yeah and so like my thing is <laughs> my thinking is yeah <laughs> you probably think it's like something like that and then like you think about the confrontation he has with their world at the end and you're uh-huh. like oh wait he has a broken leg like you didn't know right. that and you're like what? yeah Ugh. well gosh i got that must i feel like that would set him up so much weirder like <laughs> yeah because like i feel like jeffrey and blue velvet does come across kind of creepy but like he's also like we kind of don't mind because he's he's so young and he's just like gets pulled into this big thing but yeah he does love to like spy on people and he kind of gets a thrill out of it (laughs) (laughs) and i get kind of the same vibes but i feel it's more like justified for (laughs) jimmy stewart yeah i have a broken (laughs) pelvis (laughs) i can't do anything (laughs) yeah 
Plus, I mean, everyone has their windows open the whole dang time. <laughs> Even yeah. when they're not home. I'm like, that's you got to shut it when you're gone, at least, right? <laughs> yeah, the windows, the doors. I mean, they might as well not live inside anywhere because it's always open. <laughs> I don't get it. This is not the New York I know of. <laughs> this is not the anywhere I know. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I did think he was very tan upon first glance. <laughs> Which I guess we kind of later kind of gets justified by him being like, you know, this image of him being this like dangerous photographer who goes to like the edge of the earth and blah, true, blah, blah. True, true, true. <sighs> He's crotchety. Yes. <laughs> maybe everyone is crotchety in New York. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe somebody <laughs> else was crotchety as well. And then my first real thing that stuck with me after the movie was over was his therapist and her mm-hmm. massages of him. I was like, that oh. is a massage in your humble <laughs> opinion. <laughs> She's just like, slap, 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 slap. <laughs> she barely <laughs> needs it at all. She's just kind of like, maybe she's just rubbing liniment, so, liniment oil on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't sure if she was like a therapist or if she was kind of like, um, just like a home nurse that and I didn't know if that was like his, like quote unquote shower. Cause I was thinking at the, before that scene, sure. I was like, how is he? bathing because i know if it's like it's a heat wave there's no way he's not bathing because mm. it's gross i didn't think of that well i know that's a good that's an interesting thought i don't know that's a good thought that that was a shower, <laughs> a shower but <laughs> i mean it was just like if i don't know i was like that's what people did for massages in the 50s oh <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Horrible. everyone was <laughs> drinking and eating steaks and being awful <laughs> but i did like her Oh, she was my favorite. Although at first I was like, I do not agree with this nurse's advice. You shouldn't marry someone if you feel so like apathetic about them. And then Mm -hmm. like Grace Kelly walks in and I was like, oh, I see where she's coming from. (laughs) (laughs) She's like this woman. (laughs) She should probably leave you because you're not good enough for her. But (laughs) exactly. My thoughts. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I said she's definitely too good for him. I guess that nurse was on to something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i can't tell you how many times whenever he would like snap at her or like say something mean i would be like don't talk to grace kelly that way even <laughs> if it's a character look, look what she wore to see you <laughs> <laughs> seriously and i me and josh had a conversation about it because i guess the um costume designer for this movie was edith head who's like a very famous uh-huh. costume designer of the 50s and she i think she's technically the academy's most decorated award winner because she has like eight Academy Awards. <laughs> and apparently, Ed, you know, from The Incredibles, Edna Mode is based on her. Really? Oh. Yeah, that's well, what Josh said. I mean, said, I so. love the like conceit of she never wears the same thing twice. And yes. And everything is like looks... glamour, luxurious. <laughs> yeah, she looks amazing. My mom used to have, or my at my grandmother's house, were my mom's old Barbies. And they were like old, you know, late mm-hmm. 50s, early 60s Barbies. And they had some of these crazy like dresses kind of like what she was wearing and so i always think of those outfits as looking like my mom's old barbie dolls (laughs) (laughs) and oh when she's like you could take fashion photos and he's like oh i couldn't take fashion photos and fatigues and combat boots i was like yeah you could probably be starting a whole new fashion trend (laughs) (laughs) that and it's like you don't think some of these magazines or brands are not going to go like on location to some sort of like desert or whatever. I know. He's so 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took that as like fashion. <laughs> that's a women's game. No way. Yeah. Stupid. Sorry, but that's where the money is, buddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's probably just as dangerous as <laughs> exactly. war assignment. Okay. So then we get to Mrs. Sad Trombone or what is her name? Mrs. Oh, Lonely Mrs. Hearts? Lonely Hearts. Mrs. Lonely Hearts. What did I call her? I don't know, but I said this is where my headcanon started. My oh, no. theory. <laughs> I said, I hope this lady is having a date with a ghost, but not in a sad way. And then I Me said, too. Nope. <laughs> I did too. I was like, is that gonna be like some weird supernatural twist that the glass is gonna be raised to clink and uh, I like to think that she was having an affair with a ghost and it was just a bad affair. Like he didn't treat her right. And that's why she was always crying and trying to pick up new men. Right. <laughs> I really liked it when she was doing her fake walk through the apartment and like, oh, it's so nice to meet you, ghost. Yes. <laughs> Look at my beautiful couch. Look at this table setting. Oh, uh, I just think it's so lady. much fun to think of people having affairs with ghosts. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then I guess we get his cameo, Alfred Hitchcock's. I'm not doing, obviously, the recap, but this is the order in which I wrote my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote, girl, dump this man. <laughs> Please. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> oh, and then, oh, I think he said something horrible because she said of one course. of my favorite, one of the few lines I wrote down. You don't have to be deliberately repulsive just to impress me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I can't exactly remember. It might be something like a comment, yeah, that I he think... made about like the neighbors or something. Looking out, yeah, I don't really remember. I just know that she left, and he was like, Ugh. I think it was like you couldn't be with me on the road, and you... right, 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 yeah. And then so, yeah, um, yeah, he says something like that, and then she is says that her line, and then she says. <laughs> goodbye Jeffries and he was like goodbye when will I see you again and she's like she never said, I mean tomorrow night <laughs> yeah something like never or at least by tomorrow night and that yeah, made right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, god she's so horny and I love it she's yes. like definitely the hornier <laughs> yes. she's like I she's hate constantly this cast. coming back like will you just make out with me stop staring at these people <laughs> Yeah, and she's, she's probably whining and dining him. <laughs> upset that he has the cast on and they can't do anything, and so she's like, "I'm just really frustrated that you even pay attention to me when I'm here." And uh, yeah, okay, so oh, and then everyone's got their blinds up, and I mean, even when it's that hot, well, just think of the bugs. You can't leave your windows open with no screens in them. Ugh. Okay, this is a Floridian speaking here, but... (laughs) Yeah, I say we live in swamp, musty land. And then there was another not good massage. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where the first time I was like, I'm afraid I can't trust my instincts as to what's happening. Part of me thinks the guy chopped up his wife and threw her in the river, but I also think that maybe it's totally innocuous and maybe his girlfriend set up a murder mystery for him, but that one's... That kind of would have been a funny twist if, like, at the end, he's like, "It's just She's a game." Like, we I planned the whole thing to keep you entertained, <laughs> or very like Gone Girl, just like planned it from the beginning to set. Yeah, <laughs> I would have liked that if that had been the twist. At the end. Oh, me too. But I didn't think it was very likely. And he's got some very long l- lenses. Oh, this is, oh, I serious. guess. Okay, so 
then we have the the scream you know when he comes back because he kind of is asleep and we're not sure what he sees but when he comes when it comes back he's got this long lens and the guy's got knives and that's when I'm like, oh, suspicious. I mean, he's yeah. very suspicious. I mean, obviously, he did it, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting, but it's just so like, yeah, okay. And then, uh, so, I wasn't sure what was up with the composer. He was just, like, having yeah. artist drama, I think. Just, or like, something. yeah, couldn't find, like, the right note to, like, get into the next whatever. Yeah, I was imagining he was writing the music to Mary Poppins. well the um what's interesting is that the guy who plays that character i think is a composer and he is uh, he's famous for something let me see (laughs) well maybe um (laughs) he might be famous for songs that were famous back then but there's i guess three songs that he's really famous for come on come on to my house I don't know okay. what that is. Um, <laughs> Witch Doctor <laughs> and um, Chipmunk Song. Chipmunk Songs? Chip, just Chipmunk Song. Chipmunk Song. I've never Whatever heard that of is. such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's on a lot of big movie soundtracks, so. Well, I think maybe because of that movie, Saving Mr. Banks or Saving Mrs. Banks or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why I was thinking Mary Poppins composer. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked the sculpture I wrote and the stair sleepers. Yes. And that's the first time I wrote, oh, Grace Kelly. She's clearly much hornier than him. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. And we did see a woman leave while he was asleep. So I don't Mm -hmm. know who that was. They never explained that. They didn't necessarily like outright explain it. But I think at one point, Grace Kelly's character kind of made a comment like some like that's not a Mrs. Thorwald. That's the new Mrs. Thorwald or something like that. So oh, it's like, but... I guess, speculating that maybe that could be like a woman that he's having an affair with. Well, he did have a conversation with someone and the woman came out and was like, you know, what are you doing? And that was the last we saw of her. But right. they kept referring to her as an invalid. And I wasn't sure just because she liked to eat her meals in bed because she didn't seem like <laughs> an invalid. She was always laughing when we saw her. And so I... Could never be sure whether he was she was actually laughing at him or like she's just a jovial person. That's why I thought, yeah, this is all, you know, in his head because you're making a I, lot of assumptions about her being like an invalid. And <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like kind of the thing is like I think that's also kind of maybe like you could say like the genius of this movie is that because like we're filming always in Jeffrey's apartment, we don't. It gives you like that impression of like being with your real neighbors. You don't really know everything that's going on. And so, yeah, I guess, you you know, it's like kind of his assumption, but to me, I was like, she's probably one of those like women who probably has like migraines and depression. (laughs) It's like, I'm just going to be in bed all day. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. She is what they assume, like, the nagging wife or whatever, and that's why he snapped and killed her. But I don't know. I just felt like there was going to be, like, some explanation in the end, and that was going to be like, oh, well, he... I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think also the laughing was probably partially to kind of throw us off a little bit, to make it be like, are they, like, in a bad relationship? Is she mean to him? Did she leave? And I don't know. That's the kind of impression I got. Yeah. 
So, okay. So I guess Grace Kelly comes back and she's she buys right into his theories. <laughs> That's what I was like. She could have set it up as a bonding exercise for the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> And then I said it was should be called CSI, my neighbor's window. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I do think it's funny that torso lady, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever her name is, um, she never stops dancing at all, yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> Every chore has a dance move to it. <laughs> well, I was, I was reading up about her character and apparently Hitchcock told her that she could choreograph all her dances herself. Uh, but that the only restriction that he had for her was that she couldn't take dance lessons because he wanted to maintain that she was an amateur dancer and that she was trying to make it, you know, with whatever skills she had in New York and blah, blah, blah. But oh. I don't know. Maybe that was like so a 50s dance thing. Are where all she's the like, guys coming up to her room like a, her trying to make it, quote unquote? <laughs> I Yeah, I, guess, I would say maybe like when they have the the three guys in the room. That seems uh-huh. like it because she didn't it didn't seem like a weird like they were trying to insinuate that she was maybe a sex worker. It didn't seem like that at all. And no, all- I, I think they were just trying to be like, she's just strangely not interested in any of these guys. <laughs> but- yeah. And then, you know, the ending we find out. But yeah, I think that's kind of why she was like, I just assume she's a professional network. dancer. And so like she was always bringing people up like after a show or whatever <laughs> oh yeah it could be that or could uh, she was just trying to network and see what <laughs> who will manage her yeah <laughs> it's just it's really funny when she's like i've got three guys here so everybody better be on their best behavior <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then like, he convinces his nurse that he's also correct in his assumptions and he's got two enablers <laughs> <laughs> And I'm still wondering, like, why do we think she was sick? Just because she was in bed. <laughs> and then poor puppy. We meet the puppy. So cute. And I guess we had met him before that. I did feel a little bit bad for the puppy. Like, does he have to stay in the yard all day long? Because they, like, put him out of the basket. I never see them bring him back up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't bring him back up until, like, the nighttime. So, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder if it's one of those things where maybe... The- Maybe he was like a rescued like street dog and they're like, well, you can go out and run around the streets with your friends and then come home at night and we'll let you back up. I thought it was really smart though. Like you have a little tiny dog and you have to let it out all the time in New York, but you don't have to walk up and down those stairs all the time. You just like <laughs> put it, trade it to go in a basket. <laughs> I wonder like those people were so interesting to me because I was like, they slept outside and you never see them like leave. So are they like shut-ins? I don't, I didn't know. Well, I don't know. They have to have left at some point. At some point. I don't know. We never see it. So it's like never know yeah, for sure. True. But you know, I, thought, I did think that the dog thing was cute and it was kind of funny. The, the basket yeah. of it all. <laughs> I mean, like I didn't. At least I'm just basing all of this off of the random notes I took, by the way. Um, but <laughs> like <laughs> I did at one point notice, oh, there's a bar across the street. <laughs> but he was nice to the dog. Which is what made me think, yes. oh, maybe he's actually not bad. <laughs> but then I right. did kill the dog. So anyway, <sighs> and I actually was kind of glad that the policeman wasn't ready to be like, sure, I'll arrest this stranger based on your <laughs> observations. But he did look into it. I thought he was pretty good, you know, in terms of police work for a friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, he did do a lot more than I thought 
he probably would research wise. (laughs) But then also part of me was like, he is a NYPD officer in the fifties. Did he actually do that? Or is he just kind of saying that so his family was not bothering him? Because it seems very elaborate that his, that Thurwald would like do all of this to make it seem like his wife was away, like ship her clothes and have a postcard sent to him and do all of this stuff. It seemed very elaborate. So I wonder how much of that was truthful and how much of it was a lie. Yeah. Well, we'll never know. I just don't know. (laughs) They don't really explain everything in the end. They're singing at some point and I was not sure who was singing. Yeah. I said, maybe Lonely Lady is doing some sort of performance art piece. Ever think of that? (laughs) (laughs) She's got more to her than just being lonely. Yes. And I was, uh, these are, my notes are so random. The pointy boob silhouette of the time is something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very pointy. Very pointy. I was kind of, and I don't know if I'm just like, like, because it's, technically in their apartments but it seemed like a lot of skin was showing for the time well it was a heat wave so yeah but you know i think the olden days are a lot more scandalous than we give them credit for that's true <laughs> and i know alfred hitchcock's always trying to push the censors you know oh 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. okay so i did think that well like jimmy stewart and a lot of the people in the movie seemed like older people trying to look younger than they were In real life, you know, like older actors playing younger, except for the killer, who for some reason I thought looked like a young guy who like grayed up his face and beard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I don't let me see, because he's famous. I feel like you never get a good glimpse of him really until the end. Till the end, yeah. He is I mean, he was by that point he was (laughs) yeah, he's only 37, Mm. but it's also like 1950s, 37. So I'm like, they, yeah. they tend to rapidly age. But like, um, isn't Jimmy Stewart supposed to be like 34 in this? And he looks like he's like 50. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also, yes. He, oh, believe it or not, he's in, oh wait, in this movie, he's 46. Okay, well. So it's not enough. too far off, but <laughs> but I totally get what you're saying. And I don't know, maybe it was like the... um the tanning of it all. Maybe he's playing older, but you know, you'd think a young person would be like the type of photographer out like photographing war zones and stuff. You would think, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. But the guy who plays Thorwald, a quick little fun fact is, I guess you could say most known for playing Perry Mason. He's Perry Mason. Oh, interesting. I thought it was funny that he worked in costume jewelry and then they were like making such a big deal about her purse being full of jewelry. I'm like, he works in costume jewelry. Why is it weird that she? I, I guess it's like jewelry. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know because I I did think about that um, once it kind of like was revealed that he's a jewel salesman, but then I was like, the idea of like a woman's like handbag back then I think was a lot different than it is now because I feel like they're in, everything that they needed was in it because dresses didn't come with pockets, <laughs> so. I think the well, idea you your jewelry in your handbag anyway, but like, it just seems so weird. Like the guy worked in jewelry, right? She had a purse, had jewel. I mean, it's just like, they made such a big yeah. deal about it. And I was like, y'all are not even mentioning that he's a jewelry salesman. Like, yeah. Fake jewelry. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it could be also because Grace Kelly's character has like that whole scene where she's talking about like how the handbags that are placed on like the bedpost are like 
the most important because right. they're like the handbag, like capital T-H-E. And if it was empty of everything except for like her jewels, like why would all her jewels be in there? Like that's weird. Why would they be in a bag? Why not a box? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's what they thought in was a so drawer. <laughs> weird. That's probably what they thought was so weird because if you think about like, like, you know, vanities at the time, they had like the jewelry boxes and everything was at its like place. You wouldn't want to put it all in a bag to get all scratched up. So that's probably why they were like, why is it in her bag? That's so weird. Yeah, but I think they were they were like, why doesn't she have it with her? And I'm like, it just seems yeah. so weird. Like, well, how are you using this to justify? <laughs> but of course, think, it all ended up yeah. being true in the end. So I'm the dumb one. But I was, no. <laughs> that's what I was thinking during this No, I, I think that was sort of intentional because like, you know, at some point, I also was like theorizing, maybe there's a twist coming, maybe there's something else happening. And I think all of these, some of these things are intended to be like false red herrings, because like, you're like, oh, they're kind of getting a little too obsessed with it, that they're picking apart every detail and everything has like, there's no right. other justifiable explanation. And so I think maybe the movie was trying to steer you in a different direction to kind of like, eventually steer you back at the ending. I think Maybe. it was, it felt intentional to me. I guess so. <laughs> Just, okay. <laughs> I wrote, it's a green dress kind of a day. So I guess multiple people were wearing green dresses <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> oh, and like they were making a big deal about his long distance phone call. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. maybe he's calling his wife, <laughs> which is what the, the, the police officer, officer says saying. that he yeah. was doing. But Oh, and Grace Kelly wears these crazy bracelets with locks on them and i was like that mm-hmm. seems annoying <laughs> it's fashion she's very fashionable i've been watching rupaul and so now i'm like oh <laughs> whenever i watch any sort of fashion type show i'm like i know nothing <laughs> it's a lot of referential stuff that i'm like i i didn't know that but now i know now i'm glad <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah, this is the part, I guess, where I started to go, this is so static. Like, it, maybe mm-hmm. it was a play because it's just like nothing's happened. Like, no, there's no movement. But I guess, I mean, that's part of it. But yeah, I feel like this movie would be very easily translated to like a stage. Um, oh, as long as sure. you have a big stage that you could have this like giant set piece where you could have your individual apartments. Yeah. But um, it would make a great play, I think. <laughs> I yeah I thought so too and I'm like why isn't anyone doing this <laughs> I don't know maybe they just never let no, I don't know well one day somebody will do some research <laughs> blue <laughs> eyes must have been a requirement of actors at the time because I thought the same where, like, thing. every single person has blue eyes <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing I was like oh they love those <laughs> Caucasian blue-eyed uh, <laughs> blondies yeah. I started to get annoyed with the police officer though because I wrote down why were you tracking so many female intuition leads over the years? Because <laughs> I think he said something exactly. about all the female intuition I've ever checked out has been fake. And I'm like, well, well how many, Why are you checking it out? How many times have you been investigating? <laughs> exactly. Scientific study? Yeah. That point of the movie was when like, oh no, I'm staring back because I hope it's him at the end so that the police officer is wrong because fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, it's weird and kind of disturbing that the landlord gets to, the, to be the, like, arbiter of propriety and say, oh, you can't have women stay the night in your apartment. The landlord mm-hmm. gets to decide that. <laughs> you know, all that moral, moral schmoral stuff. Yeah, right. And then I said, there's still 30 minutes. Is someone else getting killed? 
<laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah, ghost lover trying to bring back the guy. And I said, that sucks. <sighs> I was happy for her for like a second because it was like this hot younger guy. And she seemed yeah. to be like, it seemed at first that she was like in charge and was like kind of wooing him. And yeah. then he turned into a creep. Yeah, but I mean, Hillary had pretty poor technique, so probably for the best. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then, no, the dog strangled. Uh, This was heartbreaking. I was like, how does she know he's strangled? Because I think she went and just looked at it or looked from afar. I can't even remember. Yeah. I was like, how do you know that dog is strangled? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they could have killed him. (laughs) Maybe it was like, at first. At first, I thought it was like very a la WandaVision that he like dug up some poison or something that yeah. and ate it. Um, maybe she could tell by the way the neck was. I don't know. Or but then I his basket or something. Yeah, but then I also had a little theory. I was like, what if she's like surprisingly like a bad guy and like the nurse? <laughs> no, the Miss Lonely Hearts because I think she's oh. the one who's who oh, yells right, it out. Right, 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 right. So it's like I wonder. I was like, mm, maybe there's like a twist and she's the bad guy somehow. Um, but <laughs> no, she's just pure. Well, that sculpture at the beginning was like, don't go over there. You don't want him to be mean to you, to the dog right. or something. Yeah. But then Which he was, was really nice sweet. to the dog. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of took those scenes <laughs> as like, <laughs> as like, you know, maybe the idea, people have this idea of like a murderer, especially in the fifties of it being like this, kind of ragtag person who is like gross and you can look at him and be like that's a murderer and it's like you know the twist is like a person who's married to a wife and has his own apartment and has a garden and has this appearance of being nice but he's also pure evil and can kill his wife and a dog and yeah i mean a costume jeweler (laughs) (laughs) yes i was like was he selling jewels to like secretly tell off the drag queens? Maybe that was his like night gig because those jewels were so big. <laughs> the necklace was like humongous. <laughs> and then we start the big exciting climax. Like we, the dog dies and we can, we know it must be him because he's sitting there smoking alone while everyone else uh, is coming to the window. I screamed at this scene (laughs) where it was like pitch black and then all you see is the red circle from the cigar i screamed so loud i was like this is the worst it was the scariest scene i've ever seen in my entire life and um i like that the women are like okay we got this (laughs) (laughs) we're taking over (laughs) since all the men here are useless And meanwhile, Lady Ghost Lover is ready to cross over to join her oh, that was so ghostly sad. amour. And I was like, this whole courtyard is kind of a weird setup because it's like one door leads to one little sectioned off portion mm-hmm. of the yard. But like, so she's climb like climbing all weird. And I was like, she's going to break her head. <laughs> I know. I was like, heels. she's like a professional like sleuth because <laughs> she's climbing through windows like like <laughs> grappling across it was crazy and i would always do something like right is something actually gonna happen here and then i go oh no <laughs> <laughs> you spoke too soon <laughs> i said stella get your ass over there so <laughs> i was Ugh. very um anxious myself oh and then he comes to kill him basically he 
he realizes. Oh my god, that was scary. When he calls and he's just says, "Oh my gosh, he's over there!" Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, and there was like so. silence, and then all you hear is like the footsteps down the hall, and the light goes out in the hall. It's like, how do you do that? No, I know it's very Michael Myers too because it's so slow. And yes. he's got like this flash thing, and I'm like, that flash trick can only work so many times. Because <laughs> there's so many flashes, you gotta load up. <laughs> I, I, when he kept using it, I was like, is that all it does? <laughs> you have a base you can throw at his head or something. <laughs> I know. I was like, God. He's like, you're useless. <laughs> I know. Look at your girlfriend is out there scaling walls, and you're I like know. from combat zones, and you can't do anything with your leg in a cast. Exactly. She's fighting off a murderer and you're just <laughs> trying to blind him. Okay. And then like, I don't even know how it happens because it was so fast. But like, because I, I wrote, how did he manage to get him out the window? Yeah. And then like, everybody is like sped up. It's this weird, like fast yeah. speed type of thing. And then like, they caught him when he fell, which is crazy. Yeah. That <laughs> and was... I said, does this have anything to do with a helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> it did kind of have like the same effect where it was like almost like a stop motion falling <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah. It did. It had the same similar look. Maybe that's what they're just setting up. This is a special effect you will see later. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying it out. Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the hat box? What was in the hat box? I think it was her head, right? Oh. Was it? <laughs> Maybe. Kind of, like, forgotten. <laughs> was it her head? <laughs> Let me do a Google search really fast because I, I thought. I was a very um, like seven. Like, what's in the box? Maybe. That's yeah. <laughs> what's in the hat box? <laughs> it's a head. <laughs> Ooh, someone. It's been a search. What was in the hat box? <laughs> yeah. It was the head. It was the head. So the head was first buried in the garden. That's what kind of attracted the dog. And then he removed it. That's why it was like uh, replanted. And then he put it in the hat box. But we never saw him digging. No, no, right? no. Because no, okay. I think that like that reveal, which I thought was really cool, was like the reveal of like, look at these two photos. Like they're completely like you could see that this was changed. And oh, yeah, yeah. That was such <laughs> was a cool. Like, wait, pause it. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he has two casts. And I said, maybe she set it up all, maybe she set it all up after all tea. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you will never get better and you will rely on me forever. <laughs> so yeah, so that's basically it. <laughs> yes. I, I just I have so much I fun. probably missed a lot, but you know, this is our casual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say that this will be a good movie to come back to later for commentary because I feel like especially with Hitchcock movies, but this one too, especially like it's really good to rewatch it. Cause I bet you there are little things that you're like, ah, how did I not see that the first time? And yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And because I mean, obviously both of these movies, this and Bridget Jones, my notes read like a commentary. And right. <laughs> only I had a recap in between. I could have known what I was talking about, but <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I've enjoyed doing our random casual, although I feel like we're probably missing a lot. But, you know, it's not really our key focus, Alfred Hitchcock. Exactly. It's just looking at a movie that influenced David Lynch. And I enjoyed it. I found it mm-hmm. overall very interesting. 
and it really kept me on my toes, <laughs> but I didn't quite find the payoff to be as interesting as I would have hoped. <laughs> yeah, I, I will agree there that I would say like, and I don't know if it's because we're conditioned to be like, to expect like maybe like a twist or something that's like supposed to kind of be <laughs> like this, Conditioning us to expect one. <laughs> I know, right. But I, I do appreciate the buildup and the way he was able to kind of create suspense out of really not that much. Oh yeah, he's um, a master of that. Yeah, and I mean, I appreciated the, I would say the level of acting, but everyone was really high. Like it was really yeah. well acted. Yeah, I definitely. Really appreciated that. And the costuming was really great. Um, and I would say there was a couple really like almost breathtaking shots, especially that one of Grace Kelly, like sitting in the window when it's like sunset and the sky is kind of red <laughs> and you can see the city. It almost looked like a real city and it was just really beautiful. Yeah. She was gorgeous. And just like, <sighs> I, I see why you're a princess because yes. you <laughs> look and act like a princess. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like, like a really fun down to earth princess. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say there was uh, apparently people. I can't remember who, which actor was the one who said us in the interview, but everyone was like basically like we just showed up and waited till she got there because we were all so excited to see her every day because she was so nice <laughs> and so beautiful and just the uh, best person. Yeah, and I mean she really, I mean give as a character, I was like. If you want Jimmy's story, you should be able to have him. But yes, <laughs> I would take a look at some other options if I were. <laughs> Especially if he's gonna keep resisting this conditioning that you're giving him to be better. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe she knows how to get him to feel the interest of fashion photography. <laughs> <laughs> maybe now he'll feel like I've had my full my fill of danger. I want to <laughs> yeah. do fashion. Yeah. There can be adventures close to home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Besides, the war's over, so. Yeah. What is there? <laughs> what is there to photograph, sir? Yeah, I'm sure there's always something. <sighs> Some. Tragedy. I did watch a play about a. It was about a woman who was a photographer in like war zones hmm. and stuff. That sounds familiar. I wonder if I. I can't remember what it was called it. now. It sounds familiar it, though. It wasn't like that. Like rear window, it was like a, a mystery <laughs> it was a or suspenseful anything like thriller. That. No. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed that. Me too. And what else? I, next week is Labor Day, so I don't think we'll have an episode next week. Yes. And when we come back, I think we'll start the Sense and Sensibility 1980s mini series. Yes, yes. And I'm not sure. We might do all of that and then do our two-year anniversary thing and then do Wild mm-hmm. at Heart. I'm not really positive. <laughs> We're still a little up in the air, but uh, it'll be a surprise. Yeah, we'll probably have a week off, and this is like the end of our summer summer run. Yep. We might have a couple more informal episodes before the end of the year. So yeah, let us know what you think of fun. them and if you think we should structure them a little more or <laughs> if you're fine with a rambly every once in a while type of conversation. <laughs> or if you'd rather just hear a commentary version, let us know. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we have fun doing a lot of them. A lot of different things like changing it up. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking what could we recommend this time because last time we did our favorite rom-com and you said you had never seen any... Sh- uh, I almost called him Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Hitchcock. <laughs> 
So uh, I was going to say what's your favorite Hitchcock is, but if you haven't seen any more, then yeah. I guess it's Rear Window. <laughs> <laughs> Rear Window is my favorite. <laughs> have you seen other Hitchcocks? So I, I'm thinking, because I kind of have a little bit, I think I may have recommended this podcast before, but it's good. So I can recommend it again. Um, it's like a Grace Kelly recommendation, kind of. <laughs> Um, so on the Luminary Network, which is a, you have to subscribe to it monthly, but I think it's only like $6 and they have a bunch of podcasts on there, but, uh, there's podcasts called the C word and it is hosted by Lena Dunham and oh my gosh, I should look up who else hosted it. I'm sorry. I think you have recommended this one. I mean, I, think I just I remember have. you telling me about it at least. <laughs> I have, I'm sure. Do they have Grace Kelly on? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, did they do an episode about Grace Kelly? <laughs> they did. They did. Because, um, like, the whole point of their podcast is to kind of explore these women who have been called like crazy or, you know, um, you know, you could say divas or something like just bad. Is she called People, crazy? I think she just Were had. You? this air about her in the press you know people the, really the podcast is to be like these are complex women and they're not just crazy because they're crazy like things happen to them and also the press is sexist and racist and <laughs> they will say stuff about people all the time you know um i mean i really don't know her from very much except for this i guess but mm-hmm. she does she doesn't come across as crazy or deep. <laughs> it's been a while since I've listened to that episode. I I, I think I'm going to go back tomorrow um, and listen to it again just to kind of see like what, what it was really all about. I, it could have been something as simple as like, you know, she left the U.S. to go be the Princess of Monaco. So, yeah, you know, probably. F her. Yeah, probably. Those tabloids. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, you know, ridiculous stuff, I'm sure. But it was very interesting to hear about her and about other women they have episodes about like Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey and even other kind of classic actresses and people so and the other host is Alyssa Bennett that's the other host so I would recommend that even if you could just sign up for if you want to do one month you could totally binge a bunch of episodes that's cool I mean I guess I don't really know what my favorite Hitchcock I've always really liked North by Northwest and the birds Mm -hmm. they're both kind of long (laughs) but i remember watching the birds one time late at night by myself Mm -hmm. and being like this movie is forever long but it is terrifying (laughs) and i find birds kind of terrifying as it is but maybe i'll recommend just from the new york angle and i Mm -hmm. did recommend this to you the other day um i'm still only halfway done with the book but it was recommended to me by Kristen Smith, who did our persuasion episodes with us. Uh-huh. And so I have full faith that it's going to be an excellent, it's going to end as excellently as it has begun. But it's a book by N.K. Jemison called uh, The City We Became. Okay. And it's very cool. It's New York. I don't really want to give anything away because it's very interesting but it's almost like a kind of a sci-fi concept it's not really sci-fi but it's a little bit fantasy mm-hmm. it's kind of like like a blend city becomes personified in in residence and they have to like kind of get together and fight and i've always wanted to read nk jemison and it's just mm-hmm. always i have like a 
a list a million miles long. And so right. I, just, <laughs> I never actually got around to it. But um, because of the recommendation, I went ahead and started this one and I am really enjoying it. And I was awesome. like, Josh and Christian need to read this because they love New York <laughs> and they like this kind of crazy book. So I think that was like <laughs> I Yeah, I remember getting your recommendations about it. And I've been looking for, since we're not, we won't be reading a book for the podcast probably for a couple more months. I was kind of thinking like I've been getting back into reading like physical books and I'm looking for the, the next book that's just going to like either wrap me up or just a recommendation. And so it was perfect timing. So I think I'm going to order this book. <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm listening to it and the audiobook is really good so far. Awesome. <laughs> the woman who wow. reads it does like a million different accents and they're all great. <sighs> that's the best one. <laughs> the audiobook is read by like the perfect reader who can yeah. do different accents and do different voices enough. It's like perfect. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, and if you want to get in contact with us, you can yes. find us. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. Yes. And we would really appreciate it if you would give us a five star rating or a review. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know these aren't our normal kind of episodes, but. Hopefully you still like them enough to get something for them. And um, uh, what else? If you want to donate, we've got a donate button on our website. Yeah, always appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yes. And we're going to take Labor Day off next week. So no new podcast, but we will be back the week after with some 80s sense and sensibility. <laughs> yes. Getting back into our normal kind of I would say episode structure. So we'll be yeah, we'll do proper ready to go. And everything. <laughs> yeah, we'll be, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get back into some uh, mini series and yeah. Austin movies. I'm excited to stuff. watch this again, especially with you, because mm -hmm. I want to see how you react to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully well. <laughs> I hope so. I feel like you remember we watched that old Northanger Abbey for mm -hmm. Halloween last year. Did like you that like that one? You thought you could I did that like one? that one. <laughs> yeah. This one is a little less on the like, gothic-y, like. Less 80s. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's still like the the people who are personifying the characters. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, girl, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So, and you can watch that. I think on like Amazon, BritBox, PBS, there are several different places. I think that one is available. Perfect. So uh, come back in two weeks and we will start that. Yes. Oh, and we have our two year anniversary coming up. So if you have right. anything you wanted to write in about that we've done in the past two years or the past year or, you know, any comments or anything, we would love to hear from you so we can read them out on that episode. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. I would love to have some messages. <laughs> I just thought of one more thing. <laughs> I was really looking if I'm... Okay, I'll have to ask this on multiple episodes. But like, if you mm -hmm. are a fan of the podcast and you're an astrologer, like a real professional astrologer, we would love for you to get in contact with us, like a DM, because we are really looking for someone to have on to do like some chart readings of... Uh, Jane Austen and David Lynch to see Ooh. if there are any similarities in their charts or anything like that. We just would love to do that as a special episode at some point because <laughs> it just seems yeah. like right up our alley. But 
I don't know who to ask. So <laughs> see if there's anybody out there who already listens who'd be interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know because that would be really fun. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know until it ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you. Good night. Bye.